0: And you're very welcome to Wednesday's programme. How are you this afternoon? It is the 1st of September, 2021, meteorologically, try say that again, meteorologically, it's autumn, autumn has sprung, or something like that. It's uh, your BBG with you between now and 7 o'clock with lots to talk about as usual. Get in touch through the website richieallen.co.uk. comment live at the top of the page.
1: It's the BBG not the BBC. This is your Richie Allen Show, live from the magnificent city of Salford.
2: It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen.
0: Yes, you can get in touch with me through the website, or you can send me an email through the website, but better you use the new feature, which is a comment live at the top of the page, richieallen.co.uk. I've already said it's Wednesday, September 1st. It's a lovely evening here in Salford, super Salford, and I'm in good, I'm in great. Well, I'm in tip-top shape and tip-top form. I've got to open some tabs on my screen so I can see what you say to me when you say it to me and open up a couple of other things as well. All well with you it is, it is, nothing to complain about, no, but sure we'll find something on the programme this evening. It's just you and me today, it will be till seven o'clock at the very least because I've been gathering, I've been foraging, so I have in the wilderness of the mainstream media. And as I said, we're going to talk about a variety of things this afternoon. You join in as always. By the way, next week, I'll begin the live phone-in programmes again. And I hope to do at least one every two weeks. At least. Some weeks we'll do we'll do one every week or sometimes we'll do them every week. But at least one of four tonight. That was a promise that I intend to keep. I'm, I'm good like that. I'm very good. Like that, if I can send myself flowers, or there. Somebody asked me about the Facebook page. Now, my friend Raj, who is a real biological human being, Rog is a bit of an idiot, but I love him. He's got his own Facebook page. I don't, because I left Facebook some years ago. In fact, he's got his own personal one, and he has a Richie Allen show page. And he gives me the the the. the how do I say that the password is it into it and the email account into it? And you'll know that Facebook deleted the page some months ago. But Rogers put another one up there, despite my better judgment, despite me saying, don't do it, it's a waste of time. But he's done it anyway. And he's posting articles there until eventually he'll be deleted from Facebook himself. But there is a Facebook page. I won't have very much to do with it, but Rog will be posting things from probably probably from the website and stuff. It's facebook.com slash BBG without a T. But I won't have much to do with it. Just telling you that from the get go, because I'm not on Facebook. Personally, personally, that's me. Right, better start today. I double checked everything today, I can tell you. Funny that yesterday you prepared to open the mic. After three weeks, the studio is serviced. It's spotless. You've got newly produced iDents and sweeps and jingles. You double check that the phones are working and Skype is working. And then I was undone at 4.55 by a Windows update. Not Mark Windows now, Windows on my playout machine. Sheer fuck wintry is what it was. Made me laugh actually listening back yesterday, as I did when I uploaded the podcast. Now, if you're in Bonnie Scotland, you might know already, but in case you've been out working, walking's a dog, dogging, I don't know what you might do in your spare time. a Vaccine passports will be required for entry in Bonnie Scotland, to nightclubs and many large events. That's according to Nicola Sturgeon. Now, these plans for these vaccine passports, and they do mean it, it isn't a case of demonstrating that you are immune or that you passed the test. No, you'll have to prove you've been double-jabbed for indoor and outdoor events. This will need to be signed off by members of the Scottish Parliament next week, or MSPs, but it will be signed off. Sturgeon says we need to stem the recent surge in the number of cases – Vaccine certification means if you're over 18, you will need to show you've had both doses of the jab before you are allowed entry into nightclubs and adult entertainment venues. Do you think they mean strip clubs? Do you? Nudie bars? Nudie bars? Remember the first time Dublin had a nudie bar? Jesus, I couldn't get on the train quick enough. At Plunkett Station in Waterford. I ran to the train station from Ballybeg, from Ballybeg. I legged it. No, I didn't. No, I'd already been to one in, in Manchester many moons before that. So I wasn't too excited about it. So you need a vaccine passport for unseated indoor live events with more than 500 people in the audience, unseated outdoor live events with more than 4,000 people in attendance, any event of any nature which is more than 10,000 people in attendance... You'll need a vaccine passport. If you're Scottish, Jimmy Cranky has spoken. It has been decreed. Now, on the vaccine passports or COVID certificates, the public law barrister, Francis Hoare, H-O-A-R, had this to say to Julia Hartley Brewer on talk radio this morning on the tyranny of vaccine passports, the barrister Francis Hoare, H-O-A-R. And, of course, the Prime Minister, who said in
2: 2004 that the identity cards, of which this is a particularly egregious example, of course, this isn't just an identity card, but it's a requirement that you prove your medical status, as well as having your identity sought by the state, would be a recipe for tyranny and oppression. And that was just a document that said who you were, not a document That prevented you from entering certain facilities because you didn't have medical treatment, a medical treatment that has not passed long term trials, because that by definition is what is the case for any long term, any treatment uh, uh, authorised.
0: Now, Julia Hartley Brewer isn't at all happy that Francis Hoare, the barrister, well, has questioned the trialling of the drugs, Julia goes into full mainstream media mode here. But this
3: has been approved. This, this is a vaccine has been approved for safety. And, and I, know, I know your concerns on that, but
0: I mean... We know it's been approved, Julia. What the barrister is saying is, well, we don't know what it might do to people in the short, mid or long term. And he's right, of
3: course. This vaccine, Francis, I'm not going to have a... it.
0: Not going to have it, Francis. Francis, I'm not going to have it. You're not going to diss. You're not going to diss the jab on my
4: programme.
2: It's, it's a point simply long... about choice. Okay. Because because absolutely, it's been authorised legally. That's not the point. But, it, but people are entitled to say... I'm, I'm. I want to take my chart. I don't want to take my chances. I want. To, I'm not at lot risk of COVID because I know the statistics. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it doesn't affect young people very much at all. Whereas this might. And and they make their choice. So that's an important matter
0: that goes. That,
3: to that's the that's a key issue of freedom. freedom. I I am very much a pro-vaxer. Yeah. Certainly for uh, anyone my age and above.
0: Yes. Make sure your bosses hear you say loud and proud that you're a pro-vaxer. Whatever you do, you must get that in. Make sure you say it at least five times a programme. Tell your producer to remind you. Hey, listen, if I don't say that I'm pro-vax by, by the first ad break, give me a slap in the arse. So I'll, I'll say it just after the ad break. So Julia jumped all over him there when he said the jabs aren't proven to be safe because they're not. Not only are they not proven to be safe, but they're not safe. He went on, did the barrister.
2: The Prime Minister announced this, um, the possibility of this on the 19th of July without saying why. Um, and since then, as you say, the data has come. Incidentally, the latest data from the early August is that of the under seventy, of under fifties who have not had um, the vaccine. There are fifty three percent of whom forty seven percent caught the Delta variant in the early, in early August. We know that from PHE figures. So, so we know not only are you just as likely to transmit it if you get infected but you're just as likely to get infected as you say protects you against serious symptoms if that's all it's ever been designed to do so it doesn't protect other people but these figures are barely spoken about mm-hmm. in the media and they're certainly not spoken about by the government but of course the fundamental objection is whether or not it does protect other people yeah. it simply is not justified to say that you have to prove your medical status yeah. in order to partake in
0: ordinary life. And no, it isn't justified, Francis, but the, the fact is it's happening. It's happening in Scotland. It's happening in France. It's happening here. You had the mayor of New York City say you can't participate in society unless you show that you've had the jabs. You are right. It's untenable. All of the data shows that by getting the jab you are not protecting anybody else. It's a nonsense. The World Health Organization acknowledges this as does the CDC in America but it doesn't seem to matter. You can whinge about it all you want on talk radio. It's happening anywho. And we've never done that before. We've
2: had viruses before, very serious viruses, but we've never done this. Um, and, and, and there's an important reason for that, two, twofold reason in terms of the law. One is Here's the law now. One is that that is coercion. Um, for medical treatment, which is contrary to international law, and I've explained that in your shows before, a Helsinki Declaration, 2005 UNESCO Declaration, Nuremberg Code, and so on. And the second is that it violates the principle of informed consent because the reality is people will not have the ability to make informed consent if they're doing it under coercion.
0: Yes, good man. Francis Hoare there speaking with Julia Hartley, Brewer on Talk Radio. This is your Richie Allen show. It is incidentally just coming up for 11 minutes past five, just in case. He's got to drop somebody off somewhere, you know. Now listen up to me. If you're a pub landlady or landlord or you're on a greasy spoon, greasy spoons... Eh? And your full English breakfast is 1,500 calories and contains 200% of your daily recommended salt intake. Lovely. Listen up and listen good. Publicans, restaurateurs. It's not tours, it's restaurateurs. Wisht, aistigy, as we'd say. In the old country. That means listen up. So if you're in hospitality, if you own, rent, or if you are employed in hospitality, you're probably on your arse. You've barely survived the last 18 months. Many of your colleagues, many of your competitors didn't survive. They have gone, never to return. Thousands of pubs have closed. It's been dreadful for you. I don't find it funny. I am a pub goer. A man who loves the pub. The hustle and the bustle of a pub. Love it. You might want to know this. UK mainstream television presenters like Susanna Reid. Well, they would see you closed again this winter. Feast your ears. Here's Reid speaking on Good Morning Britain this morning.
5: Doesn't it feel like restrictions might be on their way back in this autumn? I mean, if you look at the situation with infections rising in Scotland after schools went back, and our schools in England, Wales, Northern Ireland going back.
6: And and across the UK, infection rates are dozens of times higher. Is it 20-plus times
2: higher than this time last year? Uh, So we're not out of it uh, yet. We must be averaging more than 100 people a day dying. Uh, That's much lower than hmm.
6: when we're we're more than 1,000. But you could see... As cold weather comes and people begin to
2: shut windows and there's less ventilation and you huddle together more. We know what happened this time last year. Uh, well, I don't think there's going to be any lockdown. And Nicola Sturgeon in Scotland, the First Minister, has, has said publicly speculation in the media that there's going to be a circuit breaker, a temporary lockdown, is for the birds. It's
0: not- mm. She's in conversation, is Susanna Reid, with a guy called Andrew Pearce and Kevin Maguire, allegedly journalists. For the birds, it's so they're talking about the possibility of restrictions coming back in in the autumn. Going to happen. It um, feels like there would be
5: resistance huge, now against lockdown, huge. but that doesn't mean that yeah. restrictions no. wouldn't but be right. re-imposed. You think, might close, I, for instance, I think politically pubs or Boris Johnson restaurants.
2: Wouldn't be able to take the Tory parliamentary party with him. Mm. You, the, you
0: can't. That last bit from Reed there. Now, you know, a bit of a compromise there from Reid, you know. We wouldn't necessarily go into full lockdown, but we could close the pubs and the restaurants again. The
5: resistance Huge. now against lockdown, Huge. but that doesn't mean that yeah. restrictions no, wouldn't be right. imposed. You think, might close, for I, instance, I think pubs or restaurants. politically
2: Boris Johnson wouldn't be able to take the Tory parliamentary party with him, mm. let alone the party in the country. And he's determined now we've got to get this economy fixed now.
5: And you've mentioned, why isn't everyone wearing masks? I mean, yeah. That's one restriction that could be Easy. reintroduced, couldn't it, <laughs> as a as mandate?
0: Oh, yeah. Bring the masks back too, says Reid. What a bitch! I know you shouldn't refer to a, to, a, to a woman as a bitch, but I'm going to anyway, in her ivory tower. I bet you she's got waitrose on speed dial. Doesn't matter to her, does it? They close the pubs and the restaurants. But it matters to tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people whose livelihoods depend on, on those gigs. Ah, we don't have to close down fully, says Reed. Just close the pubs and restaurants and keep the masks. Dreadful. Have you seen this today? This is look, this isn't new to you or to me. We know, we've known that this was, was coming as we exited the summer, as we are doing now into the autumn and the winter looms large. Does does the winter not too far away? Uh, Scariants I didn't dub them Scariants. I think one of the Telegraph's authors or writers or reporters came up with Scariant. So new variants of concern. All the news today. There are new variants of concern. Covid will not go quietly into the night. It won't banish without a fight. Frailty, thy name is not Covid. Covid just won't feck off. It keeps splitting itself and dividing itself into dozens of variants that can beat the jabs and even beat the natural antibodies built up by folks who have had the virus naturally. You might have seen it on my website. There is a new variant of concern and we should be very concerned. It's the Moo variant. That's what they've dubbed it. I'm not making up, making it up. They've dubbed it the Moo variant. That's M-U. They're spelling it M-U, but M-O-O is more appropriate because it's bullshit, obviously. Right? Without even looking into it, it's bullshit. Uh, the World Health Organization has labelled the Moo variant as one of concern. It says it's potentially more resistant to vaccines, made the point today that, in the immortal words of Jeannie Bueller, if you dried that one out, you could fertilise the lawn with it. How many times this year have we been told that there's a new variant that is resistant to the vaccines? It goes on and on and on. The Moo variant. And a guy called Danny Altman was, was, was quoted by The Telegraph today. He's an immunology expert at Imperial College in London and he said that the emergency these are this is a quote now the emergency of new variants is a stark reminder that the pandemic is not over we're nowhere near out of it yet says Danny Altman he says the Moo variant i just this is right the Moo variant is um potentially good at immune evasion he said for my taste it's a stark reminder that this isn't by any means over. On a planet where we have 4.4 million new infections a week, there are new variants popping up all the time, and we shouldn't be complacent, says Altman. This is, of course, fantastically coincidental, isn't it? What a wonderful... How convenient for them. It's never going to be over. Even if every last man, woman and child on planet Earth rolls up their sleeves, throws themselves on the ground... And says to their local GP or local vaccine centre... Ah, go on then. Go on, I give in. I can't take any more of it. Jab me. Doesn't matter. There will always be a new variant. You'll have to have the latest jab. Because Covid is the gift that keeps on giving. Scarience to justify the reintroduction of restrictions... Which are coming back this autumn. Be under no illusion. And of course... And, of course, they'll be telling us this winter that flu has risen from the dead like Lazarus and is back and is deadly because we don't have the immunity against flu because we didn't have it last winter. We'll have to shut down again. One way or another. It's the gift that keeps on giving. So the World Health Organization said about the Mu variant, it seems to be able to evade antibodies generated from both prior infection and vaccines it seems it 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 can it's possible that it might you know <laughs> if my auntie had bollocks, my auntie would be my uncle, kind of a thing you know we don't know, we think we think there's rumors it might be, and on it goes, and to make you laugh, the move variant isn't the only one being spoken about by world health organization spokespeople today. They're also talking... I'm not making this up either. They're also talking about the eta, the iota, the kappa, and the lambda variants. These are new variants of concern. Eta, iota, kappa, and lambda. Lambda is spelled L-A-M-B-D-A. Lamal should rewrite the song if indeed he wrote it. Never-ending story. Rewrite it with lyrics suitable for this nonsense, this variant nonsense. New variant over there. K- Kappa, Iota variant, Lam- Lambda. We have this Moo variant. It's evading the vaccines and it's, it's even evading the natural immunity that people built up who had the virus at the beginning. It's never-ending and there is no sign, at least I don't see any sign, of people saying enough is enough now. You know? Pull the other one, you know? Great film, by the way. the a never-ending story. Fantastic film. I got thrown out of it, would you believe, when I was ten. I'm not making it up. I got thrown out of the cinema, the Regina Cinema in Waterford. In Waterford City Centre. For laughing when a Atreyu's horse was drowned in the quicksand. Get out, you awful little boy. Honestly, I was escorted from the cinema and thrown out. Because I was nervous, you see. It was nervous laughter. I wasn't really laughing at the horse drowning in the quicksand. while well, the hero who was going to find the princess was crying. I was nervous because everybody around me was crying and I wasn't crying. So I started laughing. So they chucked me out. Get out, you little bastard. Get out. Laughing at a treo's horse dying. Can't remember the name of the horse, but anyway. Right, tell you what I'm going to do now. I am going to take a tune. When I come back, we're going to talk about... I wouldn't call it hysteria. I would call it propaganda, maybe. How do you call it? There has been a glut, there's a good word, a glut of stories in the media, all focusing on silly anti-vaxxers, silly anti-vaxxers now, who died. Have you seen those stories? There are many of them. Stories about people who didn't have the jab because they were crazy anti-vaxxers and then they got COVID and died in hospital. Now there isn't one or two of these stories during the rounds, dear listeners. There are many stories like that during the rounds. So I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. It's very interesting. I think this is the cars. It is the cars. On your Richie Allen show, the time is twenty-two minutes past five. Good to be with you as always, by the way. Always dancing down the street. The Richie
1: Allen Show features doctors, scientists, academics, and researchers who have been banned by the
0: legacy media.
7: Support Richie now by making a financial contribution at richieallen.co.uk.
0: And I want to thank everybody who signed up for the Patreon thing yesterday. I think there's something like 185 patrons now. We only did this yesterday, thank you. I'm hoping it'll get to about a thousand patrons eventually averaging about 3 or 4 pounds a month each that'll be fantastic for the program. Thank you. I won't go over the PayPal thing again, but I'm asking you to sign up to a regular um payment to the program support. It's all voluntary, of course. Do so through richieallen.co.uk. At the top of the page there is a thing It says support your show. If you click on that, there are bank account details there and a Patreon thing. So either set up a standing order through the bank account or become a patron to support the program. Uh, You'll know if you've been with me for seven years. You could count on one hand how many times I've mentioned support. I probably mention it three or four times a year. I just don't mention it. It embarrasses me. I don't do it. But PayPal has basically deleted the programme and that's where pretty much all the support came from. So do go to, to richieallen.co.uk where it says support your show. Please do that. I know not everybody will be able to do it and I totally understand that. Don't worry, you're a pretty little head about it. But those of you who can do it, please do it and keep the programme on air. I suppose 27 minutes past five now. Mentioned just before the... Let me just grab my phone there. Because I was doing a bit of screen grabbing. I finally learned how to use this god-awful phone that I have. Every two years, my mobile phone provider sends me a brand new Samsung phone. Others are available, apparently. I'm well aware of that. They send me a brand new one. Obviously, because of the program, because I'm on the phone quite a lot, I spend quite a bit of money. So client retention and all of that. They send me brand spanking new Galaxy thing. In fact, this one is a year and a half old, so I'll be getting another one probably in January or something like that. So I've learned how to use the Bloomin thing and screen grab some stuff. And the reason I did that is because the BBC everybody is running stories today about people in hospital and they're wheezing and they're gasping and they're crying because they're in the grip of COVID that Bastard of a virus. And they're really fed up about anti-vaxxers. All of these stories... Let me read you this from the BBC. A teenager in hospital with COVID has warned this virus is not a joke for young people. This is Maisie Evans now from South Wales. She's 17 and she's struggling to speak and to breathe as she recovers from COVID. But she was able to tell the BBC that people shouldn't listen to anti-vaxxers. I hope you're proud of yourself, you anti-vaxxers, you bastards out there, poor Maisie. Don't listen to the anti-vaxxers, she said, in between gasping for breath, um, because this virus is not a joke for young people. Those eligible must get vaccinated. And her doctor warned that young people were being targeted by misinformation on the old social media. Now, I've seen lots of this in recent weeks, and I've screen-grabbed a few stories. Let me tell you about one or two of them. So, to me, this looks like propaganda. That's what it looks like. It looks like relentless, shameless propaganda. There's loads of them. Florida mom loses her unvaccinated sons. Jesus, what a coincidence. Both of them Within the space of 12 hours Mother called Lisa Brandon Had a son aged 41 And his brother 35 They died of COVID What a coincidence And well the two vagabonds They wouldn't have their vaccines That was covered by Most of the American media And it was covered by the Daily Mirror And the Daily Mail here Dr. Chris Smith Virologist in the press in recent days warning about misinformation and how it's leading to people dying from COVID. Let me move on. Nurse tells the Daily Mail her anti-vaxxer mother died of COVID and her last memories were of sheer terror. How the fact does she know what her last memories were? Well, apparently she's... Mystic Meg, maybe. And she's a nurse in in her spare time, maybe. I don't know. My 57-year-old mum was an anti-vaxxer and serves her right. She died of COVID. She doesn't say serves her right. There's loads of these, loads of them. Here's another one from a doctor. This is in The Telegraph. A doctor telling The Telegraph that his COVID ward is full of people on ventilators who are vaccine refuseniks. How does he know that? When these people are coming into the hospital, as I said, in the throes of COVID, are they going through their social media accounts? Who have we got here, nurse? We've got Bill. We've got Bill, doctor. Bill is 54 and he's in a bad way. Is he? How did they find out that he's a refusenik? Or anti-vax? To, not to put too fine a point on it kind of a thing. But there's loads of them. Loads of them. I want people to realise just how bad this is. I was going to do a mock video today, but I didn't have the time. I was going to do a mock video where I was wheezing into a camera and blaming Piers Corbyn and David Icke and Gareth Icke and everybody else, from Santa Claus to Cat Weasel, um, for, for my situation, the anti-vaxxer. So this is everywhere. And it was out in force again today on UK Media out in force. Look what happens to conspiracy theorists and anti-vaxxers. They die. <laughs> they die from COVID. They really want us to have these jabs, don't they? Let's just calm down a second and just just, just realise, as if we don't know. I mean, we know this, but we, we, it needs to, we need to think about it more, don't we? They really want us to have these jabs. They'll do anything. On Good Morning Britain, with Susanna Reid, who wants to destroy the pub and restaurant game, there was a man this morning with a very strong Northern Ireland accent. You'll forgive the irony. I know I've got a strong accent at times. I regress at times. The boy from Ballybeg, Ballybyug, I know. This guy's got a strong Northern Ireland accent. And, God love him, I don't find his situation remotely funny. His wife is dead. A few weeks ago, he and his wife were looking forward to welcoming their new baby. But Josh and his wife, Samantha, got COVID. They hadn't been jabbed, or at least she hadn't been, because she was pregnant and she died. He waited outside as she gave birth and she sadly died a few days later. And she'd been waiting until she had given birth to have the vaccine. She wasn't anti-vaccine, was Sam. God love her. She thought, well, I'm not sure about it now. I am heavily pregnant with my youngster and I'll wait till I give birth. I'll wait till labour is done with and that's what I'll do. Josh tells the whole story or some of the story to Good Morning Britain. I don't doubt Josh. I know you might there are people who listen to this program who believe that every single thing that happens every day is staged and good luck to you if you want to believe that i don't know to be honest i think josh is probably credible here he is
8: so when samantha was in hospital she was in icu at the start and at the end and that that in between period i know an old work colleague she spoke to her and said, "No, make sure you get your vaccine." I had a cousin who's pregnant, and she said, "Make sure she gets the vaccine." So I know that she had cared about people getting the vaccine. So I feel that this is the last thing I can that, that I can do for her to basically try and make her proud. And then the fact that if we save one person or one family from going through what Samantha had to go through and what we've had to go through as a family, then I think it's you no know, we've 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 done her pride and she'd be happy and hopefully someday she can thank me for it.
5: Josh, it's just... I
8: can't obviously force people.
5: No. uh, uh, All you can do is is advise and express your um, opinion based on your own experience.
0: Oh, poor Josh. Josh is being used. He wants to share his experience to, to urge pregnant women specifically to have a jab. I find that difficult to believe. Sounds like somebody put a bit of pressure on Josh, but that's what he wants to do. He wants to to educate pregnant women that they're better having the jab.
8: That's the plan. If if it can make a difference with one person and one family, then, then we're all happy. And I pretty much know that it's already happened because... I'd on a Facebook post a couple Fridays ago, and I know people here locally queued for over three hours The next day for their first their first jab, and that's I've been told that's the reason why. And I've been getting messages from around the world saying similar things that we've heard your story and we weren't sure, and now we're you no, know, I've had my first jab or I'm booked in or whatever, and mm. it was just enough to tap somebody over the age if they weren't sure they go ahead and. They get it, and obviously I can't force people to do it, and I wouldn't try force people, but from our story, like, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Mm. Uh, so no. hopefully we can help in some small way.
0: Josh there. Now, GMB, that's Good Morning Britain, their resident doctor is a guy called Hilary Jones, and he was delighted with Josh.
2: What an extraordinary man Josh is. To be so altruistic in his time of deep grief... Uh, And to pass this message on to other pregnant women um, whose lives and whose babies' lives can be saved by being double jabbed.
0: What? But there's no risk to pregnant women or their children from COVID. Their lives are not in danger. At all. I, I find this absolutely extraordinary. Even by mainstream media standards, this is madness.
2: Message on to other pregnant women yeah. um, whose lives and whose babies' lives can be saved by being... Saved from jab. what? We know from July that the advice has been from the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists and from the Royal College of Midwives for pregnant women to be jabbed. Um, there is no ingredient known to be harmful to developing babies or to mothers.
0: Jesus. Hilary Jones, whose real middle names are, I'm not making this up, his real middle names are Killery Shillery. That's actually his name, Hilary Killery, Shillery Jones. He's often referred to Shillery. He would vaccinate fetuses if it was left up to him. Have you seen this dude on Good Morning Britain? Maybe you don't watch it, maybe. He would vaccinate embryos, this bloke. Any chance we can vaccinate sperm in the testicle? Any chance? Can we? Well, I think the JCVI should roll out the jabs to semen. You can't uh, go too young there. Vaccinate the semen! What a dickhead. It's exactly 22 and a half minutes to the top of the air. It's about time I read some comments, isn't it? Isn't it? It's about time. If you'd like to comment on the programme these days, the best way to do that is to go to richieallen.co.uk and at the very top of the page, I've said it already, there is a tab which says comment live right next to support your show. Yes, comment live. Just tell me what you're thinking. Stop saying it's great to have you back, Richie. Thank you. I'm thrilled that, you find it great to have me back. But I have to keep refreshing the page. Leave comments there. Not like Dean Smith with his filthy mouth. Dean, how you doing, Dean? Hi to Lucy. Lucy says Richie no mention of any health conditions with respect to Samantha. You're quite right, Lucy. There was no talk this morning about Samantha's health otherwise. She was 8 months pregnant when she had a C-section. These COVID tests mean nothing. What can you say about Hillary, says Lucy. Lots I'd like to say, uh, Lucy, but I'd end up violating every broadcasting law that was ever written. Hi to Craig. How you doing, Craig? The anti-vax stories can be everywhere, but I don't listen, read or watch them. Most, I suppose most people who would listen to this programme wouldn't listen to them, read them or watch them either, Craig. But the vast majority of people are... Sadly, reading, listening, and watching these stories. Hi to Angela Lambert and thanks, Angela, for supporting the programme. How you doing, by the way? Hi to Column in Dublin. Column says, Richie, speaking as an anti vaxxer myself, who caught the COVID and died, I can't press upon you and your listeners the urgency you face. Get the vax, the boosters, and the flu jab. Otherwise, it's certain death. Thanks, Column. He's joking. Of course he is. Hi to Paul. Richie, I see your loony anti-vaxxer dies of Covid stories and i raise you a but how many double-jabbed lovies are in ICU? Yes, good question. I'd like that data too. But I'm a one-man band. You need producers and people to do that. Freedom of information requests. How many people have died within 28 days of having the jabs? But not just died. I know you've got the yellow card reporting system, I know. And you've got VAERS in the United States. But those are traditionally under-reported, aren't they? Most, most people are unlikely to report a reaction to the jab. I hear you loud and clear. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Thank you. Colin says, Richie, isn't propaganda when someone from London has a good look? That's <laughs> right. Propaganda? I'm here all week, says Colin. Hi to Heather Brand, who says, Richie, I find it astounding that these pesky anti-vaxxers have the energy to don the phone-in-sick-to-your-boss-face for their last selfie before dying. It's quite remarkable, says Heather. Indeed it is. Patricia says, Richie, will there be a special test for every variant? Great question, this. Does the existing PCR test and the lateral flow test Does it cover all the variants? Because that wouldn't make much sense now, would it? This is the thing that really, that, that really gets my goat. It's basic stuff, you would imagine. Basic stuff. For people. It should be. On the minds of most people. It should occur to them that they are being had. Very good point. Uh, Patricia, very good point. She says, Oh, and when the World Health Organisation is brought into the conversation, never forget one of the top donors, a person who loves vaccines. Bill Gates invested $10 billion in vaccinations over two decades in a Wall Street essay. Bill Gates claimed, in sorry, in a Wall Street essay, Bill Gates claimed vaccines were the best investment I've ever made. There's been a 20 to 1 return on the investment. And he talked up the economic benefits, didn't he, Gates, rather than the benefits to wider society. Yes. Terry says, Richie, is that new Moo variant made up? No, it's what they're calling it. They're calling it the Moo variant. Hi to Richard Kelly. Hi to Darren. Hi to Ron. It's time for another tune. There's so much more to get through. It's your Richie Allen Radio Show this Wednesday, September 1st, 2021. Lots to talk about. A couple of very good guests yesterday. The programme will continue to feature guests most days. Most days. But some days, I'll be on my lonesome. It'll just be you and me. I like that sometimes, you know. You get enough on the Richie Allen Show. Quarter to the top of the hour. Wednesday's programme. Thanks for all the messages. It's great to see them coming in. Again, thanks to Hayden Hewitt. If you need a website built for your business or for your hobby, do meet Hayden Hewitt online. Meet him. He's on triggerwarning.tv. He's on YouTube. You'll get him on Twitter. Or you can reach him through my website. He will build you a... What's the word I'm looking for here? Fully functional website. Fully functional. All pots and pans and bells and whistles. It'll work. He's a magnificent guy. Aftercare is outstanding. Not for me. Well, for me, but I'm not saying it because he was good to me. But anybody I've recommended him to, he's been great for them. And he will do it for a fraction of what a website developer would charge you. And he's not given me anything to say that. Let me just put that right out there. Hayden Hewitt is a great guy. The independent media has never had a greater friend than Hayden Hewitt. A man who sees things far differently to the way you and I see them, but goes out of his way to make sure that we are heard. I like people like that. I really do. It's time to read one or two more very quick comments, then we're moving on, because there is a lot more to come on Wednesday's Richie Allen Radio Show. Hi to Darrell. Darrell says, Richie, here in British Columbia, they gave us a month off of the insanity. And now, after a month, the masks are back. Vaccine passports start on September 13th. The lack of critical thinking and what people will take is amazing. Thanks, Darrell. Yeah. It's coming, isn't it? In the autumn. The vaccine passport. Still horrifies me. Mentioned to Gerald Salente last night. The great Gerald. How shocked he remains. Even four weeks after. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. Had the balls. Because I like to think there was a time. When these people wouldn't have had the balls. To say. To citizens. To the electorate. You don't get to participate in society unless you take this experimental gene therapy poison piss that I tell you to take. I like to think there was a time when de Blasio would have been running down Fifth Avenue in his birthday suit while they were throwing pitchforks at him. It's coming. No fear porn here. Here we're about energy, positivity. What we can do... To first of all coexist with it because there isn't anything we can do with it in the very, very short term. But what we can do about it long term. No fear porn. Hi to Mike J. How you doing, Mike? And thank you for the kind words, pal. I'm just the custodian. The programme is about the information. Leanne says, Richie, whilst fighting off the cat when making a tuna pasta bake, you've had me in stitches. Why? Why? I don't think I've said anything particularly funny today. I tried creating a login and the confirmation email went to my spam. Right, we'll look into that. We'll sort that out for you, Leanne. She says, if we don't laugh, we cry. Gotta laugh at it. Gotta lampoon it. I've said this over the last few years. Where have the satirists gone? Where have they gone, dear listener? Think of the great men and women of comedy. Of British television comedy. In the last 30, 40 years. What they would have done to people like Michael Gove. To people like Boris Johnson. Obviously. Satire is gone. Comedians are now making videos telling people to get into the queue and have your job. Even Frankie Boyle. I if Frankie Boyle was any good anyway. Hi to my friend Joanne Boddington who says, "Richie, forget the Moo variant. It should be the ba variant. Very good. Joanne. I concur. I concur. Now. Now, 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 Remember me telling you time and again about a move away from treating people to preventative medicine? Now listen, it wasn't my eureka moment. Others have seen this coming and they wrote about it long before I did, but I've seen it accelerate. The talk about, hey, in the future... We won't be treating you at all because we'll be giving you stuff to take that will ward off, well, pretty much everything. Everything you can think of, from neck pain to stomach pain to laryngitis to diabetes to gonorrhea to herpes to everything. We'll have a jab for you. And by taking it, you won't get whatever ailment they are trying to eradicate on that given day I've been saying this time and time and time and time again that you would be there will be a job for everything, things you would never get, what I mean by things I mean ailments you would never get jobs you don't need and your social status and your access, we're back to Bill de Blasio again, will be determined on you taking what they are offering and shutting the feck up about it Afterwards take this it's for diabetes. Yeah, but I'm uh, I- I'm hunky dory me I run I run five K, at least most days. I'm fourteen stone I'm in great shape, but I- take the diabetes jab And so on. Your social status, your access will be determined on you taking whatever it is they're offering that day. You might have seen this today. It's kind of a kind of case in point. According to the BBC, an expensive but game-changing anti-cholesterol drug could be offered to hundreds of thousands of people in England and Wales and it might replace statins. I'm not going to go there about statins because I've done statins to death on the programme and how worthless statins are. Not going to go there. So NHS England says that incliceran, that's what it's called, incliceran, would be given twice a year and it, co- it could save 30,000 lives. Now it normally costs, wait for £2,000 a dose. <laughs> it's, it's made by Novartis. Is there a Novartis plant in Waterford? In Ireland, sunny southeast? there might be. There used to be. There might still be, I don't know. Somebody look it up for me. So, they've done some haggling with Novartis. The government won't be paying £2,000 a dose. It'll be paying an undisclosed discount. And it'll be pushed on people. A jab, twice a year, to keep your cholesterol down. Wait for this. I read from the BBC. I kid you not. The BBC says, although there is no long-term proof of this yet from studies... They believe it is worth recommending anyway. <laughs> Hang on a second. You're spending hundreds of millions on vaccines against cholesterol, and yet there's no long term proof that it works, right? This is the future. This is the future. Treatments. Have one. For what? For hepatitis. But there's no ch- chance out. Have the vaccine because we don't want you getting hepatitis and then we've got to bring you into hospital and you've got to take up a bed that we could use for COVID and then you tell us and then we tell you, you see, you should have had the hepatitis jab when we offered it to you 10 years ago. You selfish bastard. That's how it's going to be. This is how life will be. This isn't conspiracy theory. It's not conjecture. This is how it's going to be. No treatment. No going to the doctor. Stick your tongue out, say, ah, Roll up your sleeves there. We'll do a bit of blood pressure test on you there, boy. Eh? Stand on the weighing scales. Go on. I can see you sucking in your belly, you fat bastard. Go on, stand on the weighing scales. No, there'll be none of that. There'll be a series of jabs. Every year. Have the jab. Go on. Now, this is good. Listen to this. Listen to this. Now we're going to get into it. Into the meat of it. Changing tax likely. BBC Radio 5 Live breakfast this morning. Let's have a listen to this, you and I. Actually, put the kettle on. This is going to take a few minutes. Put the kettle on. There will be little interruption from me. I want you to hear this. Put the kettle on. Claire MacDonald is presenting with Nikki Campbell, but she does the legwork on this debate. She's got two people on. Bev Turner, whom you may have come across, because Turner has been asking questions about the efficacy of of the COVID jabs, and Turner has said that her children will not have them. She's not anti-vax. She's at great pains to say she's not anti-vax. My children, they had the whole lot. They had the MMR. They had everything. But I'm not thrilled about this vax. They don't need it. Bev Turner was on, and a GP from Nottingham, I believe. From Nottingham. Didn't write that down. I think it's from Nottingham, but it doesn't matter. Bev Turner and a doctor arguing about jabbing 12 year olds, chaired by Claire McDonnell, whom you'll hear from first.
3: Well, currently, the Pfizer vaccine is the only vaccine fully approved for use in children in the UK. The Medicines and Safety Regulator has given a license for the Moderna jab to be used as well. But it's now up to the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation to make a decision on whether both vaccines could be rolled out to all 12 to 17-year-olds. And we may get a decision on that this week. Uh, Let's talk this through with Bev Turner, a journalist and mum of three who doesn't want her kids to get vaccinated. And Dr Lisa Phillip, a GP from Sheffield. She's encouraging everyone to be vaccinated against COVID. Morning to both of you. Good morning.
0: Yeah, the GP is from Sheffield. She's pro-jabbing the kiddies. Bev, whom we'll hear from first, Won't have it.
3: Bev, let's start with you. Lots of parents listening to this will will share your concerns. So why are you not just hesitant? You're saying, no, I don't want this to happen.
9: Because I think taking a very balanced and a rational look at the situation, children, healthy children, are at a statistically zero risk of dying with COVID-19. Like most parents... um, I know no child who has been significantly ill with COVID. I know plenty of children who have um, had a mild illness and have got better. So in the absence of there being any real need to give children a drug, we shouldn't do it. And it subverts millennia of evolutionary understanding if our argument is, well, we have to give it to children to protect adults because it might minimise transmission, although, of course, as we're seeing now, that isn't necessarily the case. Um, And you have to also, if you're giving a child a drug, you have to know that no drug is 100% safe. No medical procedure is 100% safe. So if the risk of of being very unwell from COVID is zero, but the risk from uh, the jabs is not zero, it makes no logical, rational, scientific, clinical Ethical sense to do so. And okay, Yes. Let's just
3: bring Dr. Lisa Phillip in. Let Um, answer that first point then. Zero risk from death. Let's start with the worst case scenario. Uh, Children twelve to fifteen catch COVID, zero risk
0: from death. Mm. Right. Very good opening by Bev Turner. I thought, of course, you might say, Well, you would do, Richie, because you agree with her. But it was a good opening. So the GP then, Turner said, Look, kids. Healthy kids, she said, specifically. No risk whatsoever they shouldn't have it. What does the GP say?
1: I think that's completely um, wrong. I think healthy children do not have zero risk of becoming seriously ill with COVID. In the first wave, I would have said that that might have been true. But the second wave saw hospitalizations in children increase. Cons- um, it did increase. And and some of those children ended up in intensive care. And unfortunately, a small number of children died from COVID. And there are also things like long COVID, which we're seeing more of. Um, and People are finding that their children are missing a lot of time at school. They can't eat properly. It's quite distressing for the children and their families. Um, and there's also the effect of ment- on their mental health. Um, they're missing a lot of school. Um, their is their education funny. is disrupted. Um, and this is adversely affecting children from poorer backgrounds rather than um, you know children from more affluent backgrounds. So it's just exacerbating the health, equanti- uh, health inequalities that exist within the wider population. So to say there's zero risk is, is very wrong, and, and we're seeing that that's changing as things develop, and
3: we're not. Uh, back to you to then. There isn't adults. zero. There is. There is not zero risk to children from getting seriously ill, and in some cases, dying from COVID. That that is a fact.
0: Mm, but Turner didn't specifically say that healthy children with no comorbidities. Uh, I should say, sorry, Turner specifically said that healthy children with no comorbidities or underlying conditions are at zero risk. She took great pains to point out that it is healthy children who have no risk whatsoever from from this virus.
9: That is not a fact. The biggest study of children and young people was a clinical review of all the deaths. And between March 2020 and February 21, 3,105 children died. It, of all causes, of all causes, 61 of those children tested positive, 25 children died of COVID, zero to 17. 76% of them had chronic comorbidities and life-limiting medical conditions. So it is true to say that healthy children do not die from COVID. There have been zero cases of healthy children who do not have serious life-limiting conditions. Fifteen of the children that died had limiting neurological conditions. These were very, very poorly children. And okay, Dr. Lisa Phillip, course, but come back on that course, one. The, the, these course, these, course, were, these no, were, that were ill children. Okay, they, so they are right, children that they may have the vaccine. Just let her come back on that one, Beth Turner. They can receive the vaccine and they should receive the vaccine. Those okay,
3: so those children had the vaccine and some of them still died. But her point is, you know, they had other things going on.
0: This is atypical of the BBC. Claire Macdonald, the presenter, is doing her job there and she's doing it well. As I said, atypical of the BBC. Very surprised to hear this this morning when I was making my rounds around Salford. So she puts it right back to the GP then. She said, look, the ones who were ill were ones with serious comorbidities. And those were very few and far between. What does the GP say?
1: So some of them had underlying conditions oh, um, and, or allergies and things like that. So the, the, in, the risk is increased for children with underlying conditions. I do, I do support that, which is why the vaccine hasn't been rolled out already for healthy 12 to 15 year olds, because they're still waiting for further information to support a decision like that, because it's difficult for parent, parents to make that decision if their children are healthy. So, you know, they have to weigh up the risks and the
9: benefits. But but that that isn't a difficult decision. If your children are healthy and they are statistically zero risk of dying from COVID or getting seriously ill or being hospitalized, that isn't a difficult decision. And the problem is when you're saying things like that on on the broadcast media, you are sowing seeds of fear in the minds of parents. And we have to also look at the risks from the Pfizer vaccine itself. In Pfizer's own trial, this is not yellow card reporting data. This is not um, theirs in America. There were 1,131 children who were vaccinated. To extrapolate the results to 10,000 healthy British children, there will be 10 life-threatening events. There will be 60 severe adverse events, 800 cases of diarrhoea, 300 vomiting, 2,000 fever, 10 of them over 40 degrees. So... To say that their schooling is disrupted by COVID is actually not true. Their schooling has been disrupted by political decisions of lockdown. But let me tell you, their schooling will be disrupted by how poorly they get from getting the vaccines. Not
0: wow, their schooling will be restricted from how poorly they get from the vaccine. This is outstanding by Bev Turner. And Bev Turner was invited on this program and declined to come on because it wouldn't it wouldn't be good for her to come on a program like this the media hounding she would receive later on wouldn't be good for her. And I, I have no problem with that whatsoever. She's outstanding, but so is the BBC presenter for allowing this to progress. She's really done her homework here, has Turner. She's absolutely right. The only risk to the child is the jab. Getting COVID is of no risk whatsoever to the child, to the, to the ordinary healthy child. Whereas the vaccine has proven with my old, how, do you, how do you say it, my, the, the, the cardiac issues that children have, uh, have displayed in America having had the Pfizer jab. That's a real problem for kids. This is great stuff by Turner. In
9: the vaccines, not
0: all of them.
3: Okay, and well, listen. I just want to bring in. in I just want. Le, let me just but interrupt a second, not. Bev. Let me just yeah. interrupt okay. because you, you say you, you look at. Um, she
0: is right to interrupt there. You might think she is, not she's right to interrupt there to allow the GP to respond to the many points made by Turner.
3: Have we got the stats? Have we got the evidence elsewhere? Yes. Well, you know, they are already vaccinating uh, children as young as twelve and fifteen in yes. Canada, Brazil, France, yes. Netherlands, Germany, Italy, and America. Now, hmm. recent analysis from the the Center for Disease Control and Prevention in America, has these facts. I know there's a lot of flying around, but these facts mm-hmm. are every million second dose vaccination of children in that age range, there were somewhere between 64 and 79 cases of heart inflammation. And this is the main yes. risk. Yeah. So a okay. million doses, you've got 64 to 70, 79 cases of that. However, those vaccinations prevented an estimated 14,000 cases of COVID, which would normally result in almost 400 hospitalizations, yeah. 100 intensive care admissions and three deaths. You say we, yes. we don't have the evidence. This is evidence coming the in evidence all since the that. time, the latest from America. It prevents yeah. well, more I would deaths and hospitalisations than heart inflammation than it causes.
0: Now, it's good stuff by Mcdonald, the presenter. She must give the Pfizer account. She must give the CDC account and the World Health Organization account and put it back to Turner, but then allow Turner to respond to that. And she does. And I think I... Think
3: I believe... too many no, let Bev come back on that.
9: Okay. You think That's it's too, too, many, too cases. many cases? I mean, it's even even though it prevents I'm those deaths, even thing though thing it prevents those deaths, children. you think... Say that again? Me, what, why do you think that prevented their death? They weren't, they weren't the- children with pre-existing medical conditions. They didn't have life-limiting conditions. Those were healthy children. I don't think 70, 65 <laughs> cases in a million of heart inflammation in otherwise healthy children who would not be at risk of getting serious ill from COVID is okay. I'm not okay, okay. with that. And okay. I, find, I find it amazing people go, oh, well, these children had heart inflammation. Yeah, but they, <laughs> they weren't going to get ill from COVID. They were healthy children. That's insanity to suggest
3: we do that. Let let, let Dr Lisa
9: Philip come back on
0: that. It's It's outstanding from Turner because she says, right, okay, you're saying that it isn't so many children. that The number of children having an adverse cardiac event is low. But Turner pointed out that using the same statistics, those children were perfectly healthy before receiving a jab and as perfectly healthy children... They had no risk whatsoever from COVID, so it was patently insane to jab them with a COVID jab. It's outstanding, and she throws it back to the GP from Sheffield.
1: Okay, so they were extremely rare cases. I think the main, the common side effects are the same side effects that we see with other vaccinations.
0: We vacc. Tell that to tell that to the parents of a child that died because of heart complications. Say that to the mother of a child who was perfectly healthy, nothing wrong with the kid, was given one of these jabs and then died because of it. Tell that parent that, well, this is rare, don't worry, you know, we're sorry it happened to you, but it's rare. But the child was was, was at no risk from a mild respiratory infection to begin with. This is the point. And I'm not a doctor, I'm not qualified to say this, so the caveat coming from me is I'm a layperson who's a very good researcher. You'd have to be insane to give your children one of these bloody jabs.
1: We vaccinate healthy children in order to prevent infection and, and disease. That's what we always do. That's how vaccines work. Um, but we sh- we can see from the data that this is helping to prevent illness in, in children. And my phase three data that I looked at from Pfizer had 2,260 children. And they were, I didn't see any of the stats that you were talking about. So I think that their results were comparable to the 16 to 25 year old data. And, and very much no, in line with no, the data that we're no, getting from the adults. I know about this. Listen, I am currently in a legal case against the
9: MHRA to question why they have given this permission to Pfizer. So I know what I'm talking about. So the figures that you're talking about, I think was the whole side The 1,131 were the children who actually received the vaccine. That's the children that actually received the vaccine. That's not the whole cohort of over 2,000 with those figures I gave you. The other thing I would say is that, yes, the CDC report, they have, um, there were 8, 8.9 million American children between 12 and 17 that were jabbed, And the reactions were much more common after the second dose. There were one in a thousand reported adverse reactions. And this is with Vayas, which is subject to underreporting, as you know. If you have a self-reporting system, people are not always logging the results that they know of. And we have to 100% believe that these, these jabs are risk-free, they have to be risk-free okay. if we're giving okay. them healthy children. But,
3: Bev, you have given your children other... Va- Beverly, you've given your children other vaccines, haven't you?
9: Of course i'm not an idiot like of course i've given my children all of their vaccines the mmr the, the tb the polio of course i have i'm not i'm not stupid and i think the vast majority of parents aren't stupid the difference is here of course it is a completely new technology we have no long-term data for these for this type of drug and what the spike protein will do with the mRNA technology. It doesn't matter necessarily, long-term data, if you are 80. If you are 12, it really matters that we know what this will do to their bodies and their fertility and their neurology and any carcinogenic properties in 2, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Okay, we're going to leave
3: it there with you. You You, you, can't know.
9: It's
0: outstanding stuff, really, from the BBC. I never thought I'd be saying that today of all days. Outstanding by Claire MacDonald to allow Turner to carry on. I'm amazed that producers weren't screaming in Claire MacDonald's ear to cut it, to get rid of it. It was outstanding. She basically had the GP for breakfast and for brunch. Amazing. How many people heard that this morning? I don't know. But very, very good by the BBC and by the presenter, Claire MacDonald. I've got to say that again. She gave the final word to the GP, who had nothing to add And certainly didn't dare to challenge any of the points made by Beverly Turner. I tell you what is interesting. I didn't realise that Beverly Turner, uh, the journalist, the commentator, is taking the MHRA to court on the MHRA's decision to roll out the Pfizer jab uh, to children. to, To children aged 16 and 17, I think at the moment. That's the way it is at the moment. That's going to be very interesting. Will it be covered by the mainstream media? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Loads of comments coming in. Let me read some of them out. You've got to go to richieallen.co.uk. The very top of the page, by the way, the very top of the page, it says, Comment Live. You can leave a comment there in the show, during the show, because I'm not on Twitter or Facebook, of course, anymore. William says, you should check out Turner on This Morning Yesterday. Cheers, William. Uh, Stephen says, Bev Turner should have asked the Sheffield Lady GP how much her surgery receives per vaccine she administers. That's an interesting point as well. Alan says, Richie, jab your kid. If it dies because of it, then that's punishment enough for virtue signalling. You'll have to spend the rest of your days living with the knowledge that you murdered your own, says Alan. Yes. David says in the future, uh, the top two conditions, the health technocrats will prevent the masses from contracting, will be fertility and long life, says David. Everyone, apart from the desirable, will be fully cured of those terrible conditions. Hi to Alistair. How you doing? Alistair, who says he sent me an email. Alistair, I get hundreds of emails a day, my friend. Thank you. He says it's about Grant Langston. Uh, The US presenter on NBC who quit his job Because he was left no other option Except take the jab Thanks Alistair, I didn't realise that I will definitely have a read of that my friend Hi to Jacob, Sherry Tenpenny Will be back on the programme of course in the future Hi to Pandora How you doing Pandora And everybody else who's sending messages through the website today It's nice because you can interact with one another You can chat with one another And argue and agree and disagree And all Uh, the rest of it Twelve and a half minutes past six The Richie Allen Radio Show is live from Super Salford. I love Salford. This is Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac a song called Everywhere from 1988. I love this tune. More news analysis on the way.
1: The Richie Allen Show relies on your support to stay on air. Visit ritchieallen.co.uk and make a financial contribution now.
0: And it's quarter past six. There is uh, so much more to do. I think I've overproduced the programme today. There's about an hour's worth of content left. Don't even suggest it. I'm with you till seven. I'm with you until seven. I see those scruffy bastards, The Extinction Rebellion mob have been causing chaos in London. It's a strange one, this isn't it? bit of a sticky wicket, what what, what, what bit of a sticky wicket because we like a protest, or at least we like we like the right to protest, although protests these days are have very strange things, unless you're extinction rebellion. If you are extinction rebellion, you can do whatever you want, cause absolute chaos, cause financial losses to ordinary men and women trying to go about their jobs, about their daily business, but they can't because you've caused chaos on the roads and blocked off roads and and all of that. But if you're protesting anything else, like vaccine passports or, or the tyranny of lockdowns, well, you've got to basically stand behind mounted police officers and be led on a procession through downtown London. But if you're Extinction Rebellion, you can do whatever you want. Crazy stuff, this, isn't it? What, what what, do you say to it? The Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, was speaking this afternoon with Julie Etchingham. Julie Etchingham, formerly of ITN News, is on talk radio this week. Maybe she's filling in for somebody. I don't know. But they were speaking about this, about Extinction Rebellion. And typically, or you won't be surprised, that Sadiq Khan, the Mayor, was reticent to criticise the youngster's well, they're not all young, are they, of Extinction Rebellion.
4: Here he is. Well, let me just emphasise that there are three separate issues here. One is we do face a climate emergency. Climate change is a serious issue. We've got to make sure urgent action is ta- taken. The second issue is the right to protest. I'm somebody who believes passionately about the right to protest uh, peacefully, safely, uh, uh, you know, following the, uh, the, the, the law. But the third issue is some of the tactics used by uh, XR. And my concern is not not only the tactics leading to uh, demonstrations that are uh, either unlawful, not peaceful and not safe, but it's discouraging people from joining our campaign to make sure COP26 is a success. And and my concern is, uh, you know, inadvertently, because of the tactics used by XR, they're, they're not encouraging people to get active in relation to the climate change so campaign.
3: So you, you think
4: XR are now damaging the cause? Th- that's, that's a concern that I've got. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I, I say to those who are involved in protests, just to think carefully about how you're protesting. Are you supporting the cause? Are you, are you encouraging more people to understand why we've got to take action on the climate emergency? Or are you inadvertently... Uh, driving people
0: away. I mean, he, he's suggesting to Extinction Rebellion goons, and they are goons, these people. I feel a little bit sorry for some of them because there is an, an evangelical air, there is an evangelical feeling to to some of them. Some of them really believe this bollocks. They really believe it, that we, through our activities, through through our work, through driving around in our cars, through the washing powder we use we are causing the the planet to warm up now that's bullshit of course let's not conflate that with dirtying the planet and causing and causing great harm to the flora and fauna flora and fauna of the planet don't confuse those issues we we are dirty we pollute pollution kills species. and it's, all, it's, it's happening. It's real. Putting billions of tonnes of plastic into the ocean every year is madness. Of course, nobody disputes that. But man's activity is not leading to catastrophic warming. It's bollocks. Not only is there no evidence to support it as a theory, all of the evidence that we have to hand blows it out of the water as a theory, but the fact is, many of these people really believe this. Rather than tell the police to arrest these lunatics, charge them, and find them back to the Stone Age until they stop interrupting the daily business of Londoners, can appeals to them? I would ask them to to consider what they're doing. Can you imagine if Vaccine passport protesters or lockdown protesters behaved in the way that Extinction Rebellion people protest. They would be battering the piss out of them, batoning them into the street, wouldn't they, on a daily basis? But no, the the climate hoax and, of course, the measures they want to introduce to, to deal with the climate hoax, that's the next big thing. And it's intertwined, of course, with the pandemic scam. This is where it's all going. He's a joke, Can, isn't he? I mean,
3: it's interesting because I know that, you, you know, you, you've obviously been in close contact with them. You've had discussions with them and, you know, broadly back their aims. But after what we've seen in the capital over the last few days, you're now in a position to say, I actually think the way you're behaving
5: isn't doing this cause any good.
4: Look, Some of the tactics being used by XR counterproductive, uh, you know, and I'm somebody who... Passionately believes that we face a climate emergency. i some
0: counterproductive, says Khan. They're counterproductive. They're breaking the law. They're breaking the law. There are laws against the things they do. Those aren't counterproductive tactics. They belong in prison, many of these people, at least if they keep going back and doing it again and again. <laughs> I say again if it was vaccine passport protesters, would he be calling their resistance to it counterproductive, would he? No, they'd be sending the goon squad in to beat the living bejesus out of them. Let's not hear any more from Sadiq Khan. Drop me a line through richieallen.co.uk, that's my website, right at the top of the page, comment live. It's working very well, is this system. At least I'm getting the hang of it, anyhow. Angela says Khan is a weasel. I can't answer that. I can't follow that. Brambo says, Richie, did you pick up that? The previously fit and well 17-year-old Maisie Evans. Now, Maisie Evans featured earlier on in the programme. She's a young girl. She's had COVID. She's been in hospital. Apparently she was unwell. And from her hospital bed, she told people, young people, stop screwing around and have the jab. Have the effing jab. Do your job. Do your duty. Maisie Evans. Somebody has told me she's a member of Labour Wales, is she? She might be. Um, Brambo says she featured prominently in the legacy media. She did, the BBC, that's right. Uh, she became seriously ill and developed a blood clot in her lung only two days after having the Pfizer jab. However, her symptoms were entirely attributed to the coronavirus. Funny that, isn't it? It says, Brambo, thankfully she's fully recovered now, but she's become another poster girl for the push to fill our children with the experimental toxic sludge. Yes, I moved on a bit quick, didn't I? Because I think that fact about the lung clot was in my notes, but I didn't mention it for some bloomin' reason. Thank you for reminding me, yes. The young woman who's telling every youngster in the country to have the jab had a blood clot on her lung shortly after getting the first Pfizer jab. And now, conveniently, it would appear, they are blaming it on the virus itself. Hmm. Yes. Craig says uh, Sadiq Khan believes in the right to protest when the financial sources are the right ones. Thank you, Craig. Hermione says they can stick digital currency. The pound is the way, says Hermione. That's an old argument, that that Bitcoin, that digital currency against against hard cash. I get a lot of emails from people saying, Richie, Richie, you should be dealing in Bitcoin, Richie, or in some cryptocurrency. And I tell them, but they won't listen to me. I don't know anything about it. And it, it forget blockchain, an end-to-end encryption. I don't believe it. I don't believe that it's untouchable. And by the way, if you have some Bitcoin in your wallet, how the hell do you know what it's really worth right now? You see? So I prefer to deal in, well, in the method w- in which I deal. At the moment, using the bank account and the Patreon. It, it suits me. You know Nothing about cryptocurrencies apart from, I don't trust them. And I'm entitled not to trust what I don't want to trust. You can keep screaming at me, it's not going to change my mind, you know? Okay. Alistair just had his name read out and he's delighted about it. Thank you, Alistair. Thank you. I'm delighted too. Hi to Steve. Richie, there's something weird going on at the Beeb. First, they reported the death of Lisa Shaw as vaccine-related. They did, Steve. And now the Beverly Turner thing. Good point. What's going on? I don't believe for a moment that the BBC are turning over a new leaf. Who knows what's going on? Right. It's uh, time to talk about something else. But it is COVID-related. But it's also very good. Let's talk about this. I had a good laugh this morning. It's good to laugh. I think we determined that earlier on. Listening to LBC Radio and the insufferable gobshite that is James O'Brien. What a goon. Now, you probably don't pay too much attention to him or to his colleagues, but he is all for vaccine passports. He's all for denying you the right to participate in his society. Unless you are jabbed. He's what we call in Salford a prize prick. Blue ribbon winning prize prick. He gets it every year at the county fair. And this year's prize prick award goes to Ah James, you've only won it again. James O'Brien. He's joined by the listener Robert, an American or a Canadian. I can never tell the difference between the accents. I'm pretty shite like that. And O'Brien... Brings on Robert, and Robert wants to take issue with O'Brien's bullshit on getting jabbed to protect others. You see, James O'Brien and his LBC colleagues, they want you to be jabbed to protect others. And to force you, or to coerce you into doing that, they're all for vaccine passports. And And uh, Andrew... Excuse me, Robert comes on, Robert comes on, because he knows that the notion of getting jabbed to protect others has been thoroughly debunked by the World Health Organization and even the CDC, as we said earlier on. Because the dirty jabs don't stop you getting the virus or transmitting it, which means passing it on. So it's beyond ridiculous to claim that when one is jabbed, one is protecting others from, well, from one. You get a jab, Because it protects the guy standing next to you. That's been debunked. It's bullshit. You get a jab because that poor woman over there is immunocompromised. She can't have the jab. You get it on her behalf so that there is less of a chance of you giving her the virus. That is bullshit. And it has been debunked. That isn't conjecture. That is a fact. Here is the bearded bollocks James O'Brien who starts... ...by reading a text from a female listener. This is pomposity perfection. I really think one of the problems we have with this entire discussion... and it- I've got to do that again. I came in a bit early there. Here is O'Brien kicking off his discussion with listener Robert... By reading a text from a female listener let's try it again. Or
6: is the time James some people just do not think that we should head down a road where you have to disclose your health status. For instance would you be happy to carry a certificate to show that you were in good mental health. And thank you Pat because I think you you you're contributing to the program in good faith and you're making what what you think is a certain I can see why you think is a sensible point but I mean the the, the answer is pretty clear to that. There's a story in the newspaper today about a man who shot his wife dead. During the coronavirus lockdown because she kept leaving tissues around the house. and
0: A man shot his wife dead during the lockdown because she was leaving tissues around the house. And he's using this story to illustrate his point that you should be vaccinated to protect others. And more importantly, you should carry a certificate on your person that declares you to be healthy yeah he's talking about gun crimes
6: and he was allowed a shotgun license despite previous problems with his mental health the same i don't want to breach any guidelines but the the the, we there was also the the fellow who i was on holiday so i wasn't fully across the details but the last shooting in in this country was undertaken by somebody who had i think a history of mental health problems and we're still allowed a shotgun licence. So of course we should be checking people's health before allowing them to, for example, get shotgun licences.
0: So if those two guys were carrying a health passport on their phones that declared them to be (laughs) suffering from mental health problems, they wouldn't have gotten a shotgun and therefore they wouldn't have gone and killed people with their shotguns. This is like how they found the witch was a witch in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So O'Brien's logic is you should have to carry a passport that declares whether or, or not you are healthy or carrying germs so that the rest of society knows to give you a wide berth or to welcome you into the pub or the restaurant or the concert.
6: Licenses, Just as we should be checking people's health before allowing them to, for example, march into a, a very crowded Room full of people
0: not wearing masks. I, I, I mean, perhaps- we should be checking people's health, as O'Brien. We should be checking people's health before we allowed them into a room where people are not wearing masks.
6: Checking people's health before allowing them to, for example, get shotgun licenses, just as we should be checking people's health before allowing them to, for example, march into a, a very crowded room full of people not wearing masks. I, I, I mean, perhaps I'm missing something there, but I, I think we often, I mean, there's lots of jobs you, you have to have assessments for before you can go into certain contexts. There's two debates here. The idea that you would have to somehow leave the country if you refused to carry a coronavirus passport, you'd be deported or locked up, would be a very different debate from the one that we're having, which is about you can't go into areas of high transmission unless you can prove you haven't got it. Mm-hmm. or, or at least come as close as possible to proving that you haven't got it. Right. And it won't even work, because they'll do what they've done from the very beginning. They won't go far enough, or they'll do too little too late. So, unless you can go as far as possible towards proving that you haven't got it, you can't go into areas of high transmissibility. That's all they're saying, as far as I can tell. God knows I'm no fan of this government. But how you leap from that to thinking that they... Want to control you is currently beyond me.
0: Because you are as thick as mince, James. To count to 11, you need to expose yourself. It isn't so much of a leap from they want you to demonstrate that you are healthy in order to be allowed to go to the supermarket, to they want to control you. But they obviously want to control you. They want to control where you go and where you don't go. They want to know where you are at any given time. They want to know who you've interacted with. They want to know that those people you interacted with are also healthy. And if they're not healthy, they should go home and isolate. It couldn't be any more controlling, James O'Brien. That's for the ridiculous comparison between if we'd known the guy was a nutter, we wouldn't have given him a shotgun Well, that proves that we should know if somebody is carrying COVID around or the flu around or God knows what, so that they can't go into a room and kill people. Yeah. This is really good because he takes Robert's call. Robert is North American. Let's just say that. I don't know where he's from Canada or the US. He is brilliant. He is mild mannered. He is exceedingly nice. He's also very bright. And he gets stuck into O'Brien, and this is great. I was giggling, well, like a schoolgirl this morning listening to this. I really think one of the problems we
7: have with this entire discussion, and it's sort of from the start, maybe it's where we are today in society, but we, we just overgeneralize too much. Yes, right? for sure. I mean, so much separation of two completely different views as opposed to some middle ground where people can actually have differences of opinion to be rational. There's so much hyperbole, and it's like... You know, look, here's an example, right? Anti-vaxxers is exactly the term that you, you yourself and everybody else is using for anyone who is concerned about this particular vaccine at this point in time. Fair enough, right? No. I mean, I can have concerns about the vaccine because... No, no, an- anti-va- anti-va-
6: an- stuff, an- right? anti-vaxxer is someone who is opposed to it and doesn't doesn't want to take yeah, it. Yeah,
7: but, but I mean, my, my, my point is, is anti-vaxxer probably is a good generalization which causes so much stir in people that you're against every single vaccine and everything the government does and right well, now it's think,
6: not my it's not my experience no, no, there's an awful that. lot of people are at great pains to tell me they've been vaccinated against polio or or, or tb or or whatever okay. else it may be but they've got yeah. a particular problem with this one because they've been right. misled into believing that it's i think the phrase they use is experimental so they're, they're, they've, they've been yeah, down that
0: that, that youtube rabbit hole ah the YouTube rabbit hole misled the person who had all of his previous vaccines into thinking that these are experimental. But they are experimental, you fucking bearded goon. They obviously are experimental. And they are currently being given to people under emergency use authorization. The companies that manufactured them have been indemnified against prosecution. Nobody knows... What impact the jabs will have on people in 6, 8, 12, 24, 36 or 60 months' time? That's the definition of experimental. By their own admission, the jabs are in trial until 2023. I know that James O'Brien knows this, which makes him worse than a shill. Is there worse than a shill? We'll come back to that. Robert is outstanding. The Canadian guy who said to him, you're wrong to be demonising people who you're calling anti-vaxxers because they're not very happy with the way this jab has come to the marketplace. They've not been anti-other jabs per se. They don't like this one. You're muddying the waters, says Robert. And O'Brien says, well, those people just went down a rabbit hole on YouTube. And that's why they believe that the experimental jobs are experimental, Robert. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I'm not, and again, but I think there's a lot of people who could be concerned about
7: this vaccine without actually being somebody who is,
0: by the way, anywhere near your pedophile or any of the other kind of theorists. Right. I- this is interesting now. Robert says he brings up pedophile. O'Brien has regularly likened people who are concerned about the COVID jabs, O'Brien has likened them to people who believe in satanic paedophile conspiracies. This is the misdirection that you get from the media. This is playing the man and not the ball. O'Brien has spoken over some of his callers in the past and cut them off and accused them of being people who believed in satanic conspiracy theories and reptilian overlords when the person on the phone never said anything like that, they just said, well, I don't like this vaccine. I'm not too happy with it. And Robert is getting stuck into a brain here and saying, this is what you do. Um, Again,
6: I disagree. I I think it's just different flavours of delusion. And and one is laughable, as you say, but the others are just as ridiculous.
7: Different flavours of delusion. So, So you think that someone that maybe is concerned about this vaccine for health reasons or lack of longevity studies is a delusional? Yes. Really? Okay. Why? Because it's been out long enough to prove that it's really okay? The, the, this
0: is brilliant stuff
7: by Robert.
6: The, 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 and it's really been through, the, through all the testing? The, the proof that it is a bigger risk to get coronavirus than it is to get the vaccine is absolutely clear.
0: So what, what, what O'Brien does there is he doesn't answer the question that the listener asked him. The listener asked him, has it been out long enough? Are the longevity studies in... Are they to assure us all that the jabs don't present any problems for us further down the road? He's got an O'Brien there. That's a gotcha moment and O'Brien can't answer that, so he just changes direction.
6: Through all the testing? The the proof that it is a bigger risk to get coronavirus than it is to get the vaccine is absolutely clear.
0: Not what you were asked. You were asked are you happy that the longevity studies are in but we'll be clear. Okay. So that's interesting. That's interesting. Well, so, I'm amazed it, look, you didn't realise
7: that.
6: Is this the first time you've no, tuned in?
7: No, no, no. It's, 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 it's not that I don't realise it. It's that if you said, I'm 100% going to get coronavirus or take the vaccine, it's a false comparison. Is yeah, the but problem, no one right? said because that. Because there's plenty of people... Plenty no plenty of no people who be really though. careful yes, but no one and said not that. get the vaccine. They can continue to but no practice said, no one, no one has, no one has, Yeah, I, I mean,
6: you can, I guess. You could, and, and that's why I think probably it would be wrong to force anybody to get the vaccine. But you're in favour of isolation. You're just suggesting it should be self-imposed rather than um, societally imposed.
0: I'm, and nobody said it all. He said, why is it binary choice? That's what he said. Why is it binary choice? Why can't I not have the vaccine? And just be careful if the virus is running around, why can't I just not have it and just be careful? Why do I have to have the vaccine? That's what he asked, O'Brien.
7: Yeah, no, I'm I'm really... So you choose not to go to a
6: nightclub, you choose not to go to a nightclub because you've got, quotes, concerns, end quotes, about the vaccine, but you'd be uncomfortable with being told that you're not allowed into the nightclub because you've got, quotes, concerns, end quotes, about the vaccine.
0: Well, Brian is getting testy and he becomes increasingly audibly annoyed at Robert's calm demeanour. And the fact that Robert is rational. You see, the producer isn't supposed to put guys like Robert through. He's not supposed to get on air. Brian isn't happy. Have a listen to this.
7: I, I, I'll, I'll definitely answer your question on Good. the, the, the passports, right? Because I know it's, it's... a. Hang on, a i just passport, clarify whether no I...
0: Did I describe you
6: correctly then before? You've got... You, you, you would choose not to... you choose not to go into the nightclub because you're worried about catching coronavirus, but you would object to being told you can't go into the nightclub because you've got concerns about the vaccine.
0: So I could... Cho- he didn't say that at all. He said, why wouldn't somebody be given the choice? As opposed to, you must have the vaccine. Why wouldn't somebody be allowed to say, well, look, I'll take responsibility for my health and I'll look after myself if there is a virus running around. You know, wh- why does it have to be one or the other? Why does it have to be black and white? Why can't there be other options, is what he said. Choose
7: where I want to go to make sure that I'm being careful about my own health. Absolutely. But it's not just your own health,
0: object,
7: is it? I would. I would object to um any kind of passports that don't give an alternative for testing negative. But, but I, uh, yeah, you, but, I mean, you, testing you,
6: you, negative in in in, in uh, as an alternative to the passport is is pretty clear. That seems pretty fair. But the, oh, is
7: it? Yeah, because it, it, it's funny, because we never say that. We keep well, we, saying... Every time I've done this phone-in, you've got to prove uh, uh, that you've got a double jab. Or, right? that you haven't
6: got, or, or that you haven't got coronavirus. We have said uh, that yeah. already this hour, I think, three gotcha. times. Gotcha, gotcha. That's OK. No, that, which, so,
7: which is helpful. Well, is yeah, helpful, but it's right? also because, repetitive. That's a big difference, isn't
6: it? Well, yes well, and no, because the difference is, of course, and perhaps the difference... That you're missing is that vaccines aren't just about your personal health
0: but they are vaccinating yourself does no good for anyone anywhere it's been thoroughly debunked as uh, is pointed out to o'brien here
6: because because a vaccinated population
7: is an immune population
6: so no, the more people... That's, the, that's,
0: that's such a false... No, the vaccinated
7: it, population is not an immune population. They can still catch it. Yes, of course they, they can. can. Still pass it, 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 along. it Forgive me, so immunised, really,
6: an immunised population. The more people are vaccinated, the more immunised a population is. So it's not just an issue of your own personal health. And that's the but, point, but not, that's the not, distinction between... Immune, but they're immunised, so you can never remove it. Well, this you have brilliant. actually in the past with some viruses, but this isn't yeah. the, this isn't the gotcha that you think it is. The more so people, so is, the more people James, that is, are vaccinated, the, the safer. This if you allow me to, if you'd, you'd allow me to finish, the more people are vaccinated, the safer everybody is. Which is why the conflation of vaccination with testing is, forgive me,
7: very selfish.
6: So, so I, You I, keep I talking about your personal it. health
7: I it. I, Honestly, I, I love it when people go over and they want to play the selfish card but in, <laughs> No, 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 no. So, I laugh, at, laugh at me, but let me finish now No, because, in, because I'm not
6: playing fact, a selfish card I, I, I'm no, describing no, in, in, the conflation of testing with vaccination and the phrase you've used, I think, more well, than any other in the course of this conversation is my personal
0: health Bullshit, he hasn't, he hasn't spoken at length about his personal health at all Uh, This is funny. And if you see this on television, you can probably see it at LBC's website. O'Brien is getting increasingly redder as this goes on. He's not happy at the fact that Robert refuses to be goaded by his needling and by his childish comments. Robert plows on and gives him the truth about the nonsense that by getting vaccinated, you are protecting third party personal health. We're not having
6: is- a phone in, Robert, about your personal is- health. I, I, We're I, having I, a conversation I, I, and a phone way, in and we've been, we've been clear, we've been clear we've been clear from the start that this is a comp-
0: O'Brien is the worst radio
6: presenter in the country. That isn't a joke, that's a fact. Conversation about public health, which you haven't mentioned
7: once. So so on public health, what happens is, is Love the calmness of Robert. This is everybody who gets vaccinated actually now, if you really stop and think about it, have taken care of their personal health because they're protected from getting
6: sick. No, again, they're I'm afraid that I'm, af- no, I, 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 I'm, I'm afraid that's that. not true because the people who are what least likely... True? Well, you, you can pretend that you believe that, but I don't have to join in. The people who are least likely to suffer badly from coronavirus are the ones who are being most altruistic and public-spirited when they get vaccinated. It's why it's so important to encourage people who have been persuaded that it doesn't pose a major health risk to them that they must get vaccinated in order to protect all of the people to whom it does pose a major health risk,
0: losing badly here, O'Brien resorts to childishness, but Robert is excellent.
6: This is this is ABC stuff, Robert. I mean, it's been going on for eighteen months. If you haven't worked this out yet, I very much doubt I
7: can help you. That's rubbish. Yeah, I, 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 James, honestly.
6: Hey, it's, Robert, it's
0: honestly. A bit, it's
7: a- it's a bit insulting to put it that way, because, in fact, the people that get the vaccine, it's great. And I think the people it's, who can, It's not insulting to put it that people, way. It's factual, people- Robert.
6: It's exactly factual. The reason why the onus is upon persuading people to whom the virus does not pose a major health risk to get the vaccine is precisely, incontrovertibly, and completely to protect the people to whom the virus does pose a major health risk. That's not insulting, it's not laughable, and it's not wrong. It's, it's bullshit. It's just science.
0: It ain't science, no.
7: Go on. So, James, the people that actually get the vaccine have now protected themselves. They can still pass it on to other people, whether or not. And I mean, vaccinated people will else? suffer a lot less than unvaccinated people. So how are they protecting someone who is unvaccinated
0: and well, not able just, to get the vaccine? I, I, no, that that's, not,
6: the- that's not what we're talking about. People- but
0: it is what you're talking about. It's the essence of the conversation. The notion that you would get a jab to protect somebody else who can't have it. It's bullshit. Because by their own admission, by their own admission, you can still get it. And people are dying of it. They're dying in hospitals. Some people, allegedly, that have been double-jabbed are dying of it, right? In hospitals, look at the Telegraph today, look at the Times today. So by having the thing, it doesn't prevent you getting it according to the official statistics, but it also doesn't prevent you giving it to somebody else. Negating the need to have it yourself. That's a fact. People who
6: are unable to get the vaccine, Robert, are not people who've got quotes, concerns, end quotes, about the vaccine. And there it is.
0: There it is, you bearded buffoon, you fucking idiot. If somebody can't have the jab because they are immunosuppressed, they are just as at risk from somebody who has had two jabs as somebody who hasn't. That's their own admission. In fact, they even admit, some of them, that they're still not sure about levels of transmissibility from those who've had the bloody jabs. The point the North American guy is patiently making is it doesn't matter. It's ridiculous, this talk about vaccine passports, to coerce people to go and have the jab to do it for their countries. Because if you're jabbed, you're still giving it to people and you're still, you're still getting it yourself. The selling point these days for the jabs seems to be or tends to be, well, if you have the jab and you get COVID, your symptoms won't be as severe as they would have been if you had declined it. That would appear to be their mantra. Constantly. They've given up talking about have the jab and you won't pass it on because they know that having the jab you still pass it on anyway. So the immunosuppressed person who, by the grace of God by the way, can't have one of these ridiculous experimental fucking toxic tidal wave poison shit. The immunosuppressed person can't have it. They're just as likely, if COVID is what they say it is, by the way, they're just as likely to get it from some dude who's had two jabs three months ago, as they are from me, who hasn't had a jab and never will, no matter what. That is a fact. But but well, a well yeah, the gym, they can be a combination. Yeah, of course they can, but that's can not that's, that's not, not
6: what you're talking about. Society also.
0: Society. Oh, okay, you are now, but you haven't been no, for the no, last ten no, minutes. I, I, oh, Brian is rubbish, isn't he? Do uh, you know? I worked with some amazing presenters, and if you were done like a kipper like O'Brien was done by a calm and rational listener today, you'd suspend the presenter or, or you'd fire them. I mean, this is abysmal by O'Brien. Well,
6: unable to get the vaccine, Robert, are not people who've got, quotes, concerns, end quotes, about the vaccine. And there it is. They but can well, be a well, try. Of yeah, the of, of course they can, but can. that's not that's, that's not other. what you're talking about. Society also I In fact, society. Oh, so, okay, you are now, but you haven't been no, for the last ten know, minutes. I, no, that's I, absolutely I, fine. It, to be honest I, with you, Robert, I am. but society the also the, moves collect. It society it. also moves collectively to protect people who can't get the vaccine. And the more people that are vaccinated, the safer the people... No, hang on, I haven't finished speaking. The safer the people who, for whatever reason, can't get vaccinated are. That, again, is not an opinion. That is
0: science. Well, it isn't. It's bullshit. So those who can't get the jab, according to the mutated fungus that is James O'Brien, are protected by you or me getting it. But Robert has already taken that apart. No, how? Tell me more about that. How? (laughs) Fantastic. Tell me how. You went to the London School of Economics... You brag about that all the time. You wrote some books which didn't have an original thought in them about uh, being right and being wrong. You're a piss-poor radio presenter. You were fired by the BBC when you presented Newsnight. You've not got much going for you. Explain to me how, by getting a jab, that doesn't stop me from passing the virus on to people. Tell me, dear God, how... It is worthwhile me getting that jab to protect the population when it doesn't stop me passing it on to the population. It couldn't be simpler. I love this North American dude. <laughs>
6: well, I did say, I think it's now 11.45, I think three minutes ago, I said, if you haven't worked this out for yourself by now, no, it's highly, no,
7: even it's it highly unlikely
6: that, that I could help you. I'll tell how, you what, No, how? Can listen, you? Back, to how, how does, listen uh, back to the podcast. Listen
0: back to the podcast. he explained it twice.
7: On, how can someone who can still pass the virus on, yes. even with the vaccine, yes. Yes. protect someone who isn't vaccinated?
0: But, yes, how the fuck? How, in the name of Jesus, Mary, and Holy Saint Joseph, if this fucking treatment that they want people to have doesn't stop you transmitting the virus, how can you sit there with a straight face and say that you want people to be coerced into having the jab by having the sword of Damocles—that that is, vaccine passports dangled over their fucking heads, and how can you justify that by saying that we should do it for the immunocompromised who can't have the jabs or for granny and grandad. How can you say that when, by your own admission, the jab does not prevent you from giving COVID to somebody else, because they
6: reduce okay? Because the likelihood of that happening is reduced by the vaccine. Bullshit. No,
0: it's not. Yes, not. it
6: is. Vaccinated people how? are less infectious than vaccinated. Bullshit. People. That
7: is not true. That okay. is not
6: what well, the studies are showing. Well, it's not what
7: the you... CDC is showing. Okay. It's not what the World Health Organization is showing. Okay, so why... he's
0: brilliant. The CDC and the World Health Organization. I'm not saying that these are bastions now. You know, that that, that that these are enterprises that we should believe. Of course not. But O'Brien believes them. O'Brien believes the World Health Organization and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention because O'Brien is an establishment whore. He believes these people. And as Robert has pointed out, all of the recent studies from these organizations have said your, your transmissibility doesn't decline when you've had the jabs. Meaning, the fucking jabs are useless exposed on his own radio programme by a mild-mannered North American.
6: Why does vaccination reduce infection?
7: It reduces the sickness that you get. No, 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 from no. It. It Why does, does it reduce, reduce
6: new cases? Why does it reduce the number of infections?
0: But, it, but it's not reducing the number of infections, O'Brien. Because they tell you day in, day out, that the COVID cases are on the fucking rise. Open the newspapers, go to telegraph.co.uk, go to dailymail.co.uk, go to bbc.co.uk, listen to that ginger Muppet, Nicholas Sturgeon, speaking at the Scottish Parliament today, saying that cases are going up and up and up and up and up. Why? People have had, the whole country's had both jabs, or, or most people have had both, both jabs it doesn't appear to be doing anything. The cases are going up in any case. Now you and I know of course that the cases are going up because the testing uh, regime is completely flawed. We know that. The PCR bullshit. We know you and I. We don't need to talk about that. But O'Brien believes in it. I'd love 15 minutes to debate James O'Brien with the moderator and none of that bullying shit that he's carrying on with there with Robert who's brilliant by the way. I would annihilate O'Brien. Annihilate him. The CDC and the WHO, the WHO have said, Jesus, despite all of this vaccine programme, doesn't seem to reduce the transmission, doesn't make you less likely to transmit it, but they say, but they say, hip hip hooray, It, it still means that if you get COVID, you won't get it as badly. That is their selling point. The kid from America has nailed O'Brien. You can't insist that the nation is vaccinated. You shouldn't do it anyway. Based on the notion that you should do it for herd immunity and to protect those who can't get the jab themselves. When by their own admission, getting the jab doesn't stop you giving the virus to somebody who hasn't had the jab. Or even somebody who has had the jab. Which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's reducing the number of people who are showing signs no,
7: of... No, 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 it's reducing the number of people who are
6: testing positive. Why is that, do you think?
7: But it isn't. B- but it isn't. Who's going... Are they actually... Do they actually have a study Mate, for testing I'm, I'm, everybody? Listen
0: to what he says next, to O'Brien. This gives them away. I, I think, they don't. We're James. I, they I don't. think
6: you've had your fun. I think we both know that this hasn't gone quite as well as you were intending, but I hope it's been... Ha- we
0: both know that it hasn't gone as well as you were intending, says O'Brien to a listener, a guy who listens to him, who tunes into him. We both know it hasn't gone as well as you'd hoped. At this stage of the interview, it's all on television now. There is no radio. This is the last radio program in the world, by the way. It really is. They're all on TV now. Talk radio, LBC, watch us on telly, switch on the fucking webcam. It's not really radio. O'Brien is boiling at this stage. Because he's had his arse handed to him by a, a chap from North America who says, pal, no matter what way you try to spin it, it's bullshit. Don't tell us we should have the jab to protect other people. That's been thoroughly debunked. And O'Brien was, was handed his own arse. it been
6: helpful to people who've fallen for the same sort of crud that you're peddling.
0: Then he cut him off. He went to an ad break. I hope it's been helpful... To people who have fallen for the same sort of crud that you're peddling, James O'Brien. I'm committed to non-violence, to non-violent, peaceful opposition to the tyranny we're witnessing. But sometimes I do go to bed and I do dream about being in a cage somewhere in Nevada, in Vegas, with James O'Brien. Just for five minutes. There you go. That's uh, Wednesday's Richie Allen Radio Show. Lively one today. Thanks for listening to everybody who has set up a standing order on the programme's bank account, and to everyone who has done the same thing through Patreon, to this point, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I think there's some, some, somewhere around 200 patrons uh, at the moment for the programme. We want to get it to about 1,000. Not greedy. We can get 1,000 people on Patreon, averaging about three quid a month or a little bit more than that, It'll cover the programme's costs for the whole year and it'll leave a modest salary for yours truly. Go to richieallen.co.uk. At the very top, it says support the show. Do it there. Thanks for listening today. Back with you tomorrow at five. I will have guests uh, tomorrow, of course, and of course later. not later, this week, on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Don't forget Sunday Morning Melodies feels like an age since the last Sunday Morning Melodies. That's back this coming uh, uh, Sunday. Yes, at 10 o'clock. Bye. Bye now.